fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right it is. What's up? Welcome into the program. It is a pre-Friday celebration. Can you believe it, man? We are almost ready for another weekend. Fourth of July, one week away. Week and a half away, technically. But you know you're going to celebrate on the weekend, like July 1st and 2nd. Because why the hell not? Just <laughs> It's the greatest holiday of the year, so just keep the celebration going on for like three days. That's totally okay. What's up? Welcome into the program. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation. Here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, always great to have you along for the ride. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Programming note for you, for some stations that pick us up, that also pick up other programs, you may have heard us on the Todd Starnes Show. Yeah, I got to fill in for an hour there. We appreciate the opportunity. Todd Starnes, wonderful individual based out of his station, the Mighty 990 KWAM out of Memphis, Tennessee, and had the opportunity. So he's filling in for a show on Newsmax this week. So he's had different guests filling in for his third hour of his program this week, and we had the honor to do so today for hour number three. It was a lot of fun. We appreciate him very much for giving us the opportunity. Hopefully we can do that again soon. And speaking of, by the way, KWAM, the Mighty 990 KWAM, also an affiliate coming up for our new nationally syndicated program of this show, the Voice of Reasons Weekend Edition, that they'll be picking up on Saturday evenings after the show. So really excited about that. We love those guys very, very much and appreciate them. All right, we got a lot to talk about today. So bottom of the hour, we have Brandon Weikert. He is the author of the book Biohacked. We'll talk about China. China is uh, they are trying to change the DNA. Obviously, the investigation into the Wuhan lab with the COVID-19 pandemic, what they're doing with cells and genetics and DNA and how they're trying to potentially control life through biology. Kind of a scary thought. We know China's doing a bunch of really shady stuff and we need to be aware of it. So we'll talk with Brandon coming up at the bottom of the hour. Big news yesterday, which we talked about a lot on the program, was the vote that was upcoming before this program actually happened. The or that was the vote happened after this program was done last night on Adam Schiff and the censorship that he had with the fine that was slapped on him, him using that as a badge of honor and going on the view today to cry. I think really to gain attention because he's an attention seeker and trying to say, that's not bothering me. Don't you worry. Republicans are coming after us because we oppose them. Yes, the question, why are they censoring me? Why are they going after me on the Intelligence Committee? Uh, is, you know, they go after people they think are effective. They go after people they think are standing up to them. Uh, and more importantly, that are standing up to their master, Donald Trump. Uh, he threatened any of the Republicans that didn't support this with primary challenges, and they fell in line. Uh, they don't what? bother with people they don't think are uh, a threat to their effort to essentially move the country in this authoritarian direction. Uh, the danger is that it will intimidate others into standing up, uh, defending our democracy and our Constitution. It's not going to have that effect on me, but I, ho- I think they hope... Uh, that they can uh, silence others. Uh, and that's where the danger in this kind of a uh, device lies. Roosevelt said in his time, there are times when you could judge a person by the enemies they make. 
And sadly, I think we're in that kind of a time. And by that standard, I'm doing pretty damn well. This guy makes no sense, man. That audio from Fox News after his interview on The View earlier this morning, the guy makes no sense. Did he just say something about authoritarianism from the Republican side and how we're silencing the opposition on the Republicans? You do realize what gaslighting is, right? By making someone feel crazy and doing exactly what you're doing, but blaming it on somebody else and then getting angry and attacking them for something that they're not doing because you're doing it, but you want them to feel like they're doing it. So that way they question themselves and that way you have some type of arson against them and you can go after them and attack them for something but they're not doing it. You're actually the one doing it. That's exactly what we're going through here. This is a reality of gaslighting 101 in society from Barack Obama to Joe Biden to Hunter Biden to Adam Schiff to Hillary Clinton to all of these elite established goons. And they're saying we're the authoritarians. No, no. You're just a creep and a criminal that got busted by lying to the American people that was trying to sabotage someone's political career because you disagreed with them while supporting the censorship on YouTube and on Facebook and on Google for anybody that opposed your views on the election or on COVID or on vaccines or anything else of the sort. Uh, If you disagree with them, then apparently we have to censor them. But we're the ones that are going after the opposition. Guy's nuts, man. That was Adam Schiff earlier today, and that's just really the reality of where we live. So let's look at the political landscape for a second. Because obviously the big news now is the... I guess the the representation, the one holding the torch, the one holding the mantle for the Republican and the Democrat parties, because Joe Biden says he wants to run for a second term in 2024. I don't know whether it's going to happen. I personally don't think he will be the presidential candidate for the Democrats at the end of the primary season, but we shall see. We have Democrats that have openly said uh, behind closed doors and when they thought when the mic was off and it got caught with a hot mic saying that they're telling him and advocating for him not to run they don't want him to run just as much as we are they are concerned about the cognitive ability of joe biden even though they won't openly admit it publicly they're still concerned so we have a heated up democrat race and then we have a race on the republican side we're still almost two-thirds of the republican voters are supporting a donald trump nomination for the ticket again while he's going through all of these shenanigans that he's going through. And if that's the case, then what kind of baggage does he bring into it? And what will the face of the Republican Party look like? What will the agenda of the Republican Party be in a 2024 election? Because we seem to complicate stuff so badly. You would think it would be very simple for Republicans to run in a presidential election, or any election for that matter, and say, look how bad things are right now because of Democrat policies. Look at how bad inflation's at when even though we're finally down to 4%, hooray, everybody, clap your hands. While we're at 4% and that's down from the 7 to 9% that we had over the last couple of years, we fail to mention that it's still double what it was under the Trump administration, that we have shortages in the supply chain. We still have health care costs that are completely out of control. We have workers that still aren't getting to work, even though they lie to us about the number of jobs they've created. It worked. We created jobs, lots of jobs. In fact, our economy created over 6.5 million new jobs just last year. More jobs in one year than ever before in the history of the United States of America. 
By the way, they say now that number's 10 million, not 6 million, and that was just last year's State of the Union speech. So they lied to us there. We have confused kids in school based on the public education system and the LGBTQ community that continue to try and uh, just cram down a specific agenda down the children's throats. Did you know, and I think we've read this study on here, that the average fifth grader in today's times has just as much anxiety, the same amount of anxiety about life, about themselves in general, just anxiety. A fifth grader has the same amount of anxiety as what someone in an insane mental institution had in the 1950s. A fifth grader, children, confused about the world, confused about life, scared about what's going to happen, scared about what their parents are going through, scared about life in general, uh, the bullying on social media, the crap they have to go through with the teachers, the workload that they have to go through, the concerns about safe spaces and what gender do you identify with today. And we're, our, our quality standards in education aren't even that high compared to the rest of the world, but yet their anxiety is at the level of an insane asylum patient in the 1950s. That's what we're dealing with right now under a Democrat progressive run agenda where Republicans are bickering amongst themselves on whether we impeach Joe Biden, whether we try to uh, 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 purge the impeachments from Donald Trump, whether we go after Adam Schiff. We're dealing with crap because they've thrown us crap and we have to deal with it and we're not addressing the real singular issues. So what is the agenda for the Republicans in 2024 and what would that look like in a presidential campaign? Because right now, I'm telling you, it should be very easy for us to run a campaign and dominate with 80% of the vote. And that's not the case right now. I will say, and I don't know how popular or unpopular this comment may be, (laughs) but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy, the Democrat that is running for president, that is getting a lot of attention right now. I will tell you that the more I listen to him, the more I like him. Now, that's not saying I would vote for him, but what would you think of a Donald Trump, Robert F. Kennedy ticket? Ponder that for a second. What would you think of a ticket like that? Donald Trump coming in to overthrow the establishment. The old guard Democrat establishment before the socialists took over the party, that's a little bit more on the moderate side, with a guy who has gone after the vaccinations and the pharmaceutical industry, that is concerned about the health and well-being by doing lawsuits on wireless signals and some of the stuff where people are like, ah, oh, that's a bunch of crap. But we realize deep down that, well, maybe, you know what, cell phone signals are causing brain tumors in some way, shape, or form. Uh, listening more to his interview that he did on the Joe Rogan podcast has blown my mind. And while I may not agree with every Democrat policy, he is far better as a Democrat candidate than the socialists that are within the party right now that have hijacked the party. And if he teamed up across the aisle with a Donald Trump, who, by the way, and I was not aware of this, Donald Trump had actually nominated him to be part of the health committee during COVID to challenge the uh, challenge the vaccines, to challenge the pharmaceutical industry, and to question and call out Dr. Fauci, which is amazing. If they partnered up, would that bring enough blue dog moderate Democrats back over to Donald Trump, who voted for him in the first election in 2016, for him to be able to pull it through and be able to maybe, and I say this in air quotes, unite the country with a Republican and Democrat ticket. It's the goalpost. It prevents transmission if you get it. 
uh, grandma won't get sick and you know um, and each time it won't you'll never get sick you know you only have to take one it's, it's really effective and then now it's two and that's it and now it's three and now it's four and um you know and that uh and each time they had to move the goalposts and everybody just would go along with the next claim without ever saying but wait a minute you know why should we trust you now because and they were punishing uh, doctors of conscience who began questioning them. They were ruining their careers. They were destroying their reputations. They were taking away their livelihoods of scientists and doctors. People who were getting injured, they were, um, you know, they were marginalizing, vilifying, gaslighting them, and urging others to do the same. This guy is going to be censored just like Robert Malone was. And as a quote-unquote Democrat, kind of the old school moderate Democrat, going after the vaccine industry, not just COVID, but just all the vaccines and challenging some of them, questioning some of their practices, questioning some of the data that we get on the safety of vaccines. Uh, the, the, the Democrats have written him off. The LA, uh, the LA Times wrote a piece, a really bad hit piece on Robert F. Kennedy now, saying that he is a conspiracy theorist. He is a threat to your health. He is a threat to America. He's a threat to you and I. They have disowned him as the left-wing mob running as a Democrat. They've already disowned him. They are lumping him in with the uh, the election deniers, the anti-vax deniers uh, that came from mostly from the Republican side concerned about the COVID-19 vaccine, which means he's got something of value. And could he be, even though his voice is a little strange because of the uh, whatever issue that he has, that could he be the one to solidify a Trump nomination if they partnered together working slightly across the aisle to focus on major issues to really shake up the establishment even more so than what's being done in the first administration during Donald Trump. Can the two outsiders come in and dismantle what's left of the establishment in D.C.? Something to ponder, isn't it? This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. By the way, I am more convinced as we look at the Republican side. Again, interesting ticket. Ponder that one between Trump and Kennedy. Would that bring the outsiders, the used-to-be establishment of the Democrat Party with the JFK style? Obviously, that's very entrenched, a lot of money, a lot of power behind them, for sure. So they're not outsiders, per se. However, Robert F. Kennedy kind of is now. The family's pretty much disowned him. He's doing his own thing because he's the crazy anti-vaxxer. He's the crazy one trying to create health and go after the pharmaceutical industry, which is a big no-no. And he's going to be banned and censored just as much as Robert Malone was, the creator of the mRNA technology. So he's been kind of ostracized. Trump's been ostracized. What if the two ostracized outsiders come in and just completely go after the federal government and the deep state or the uh, whatever you want to call them behind the scenes? Would that be an interesting ticket? I am more and more convinced, though, on the daily side that on the Democrats, while Kennedy obviously is not going to get the nomination as a Democrat because the party has left that mentality, that we're down to... Really not a whole lot. We have Joe Biden and we have Gavin Newsom. So I'm becoming more convinced that Gavin Newsom may become that nominee on the Democrat side 
And I know this is a little bit older, but when he sat down with uh, Sean Hannity recently to talk about certain things, especially why people were leaving the state of California. Yeah, but look at the facts. We're on our way to be the fourth largest economy in the world. This belies all of that rhetoric, everything you just said. But, look well, at the progress the migration, in the state. But the migration Ten, numbers don't, don't belie they that? Were, they were anomalous in the last few years, and they've already slowed down. There's been three independent studies, Sean. You should take a look at them, including a brand new one from UCLA that has talked about okay. fundamental reasons. You're asking me to you look at a UCLA study? Know, but the point Seriously? Is, but my point is, why don't we make it UC I'm interested Berkeley? in the facts, not no. the assertions. I mean, again, we were number 10 on that list. You didn't talk mm. about all those red states that have opposite policies that you embrace. Something clearly is not working right in those states. Which states? Mississippi. You've got Louisiana, West Virginia that all had higher population loss. I'm happy to engage mm-hmm. continually. You're talking on a per capita basis. I'm talking on a per capita basis. The, By the way, I don't know what else matters. Does More it, Floridians moving to California than Floridians that, have, uh, that, have been, okay. that came from California. But if you look at the cost capita. of a U-Haul. All right. So that was, again, Gavin Newsom and Sean Hannity kind of bickering back and forth a little bit. But it really does show that Gavin Newsom is, number one, not afraid of a fight. He's kind of a feisty guy. He's got the politician slicked back look for sure. And what do you need in politics? You need money. You need the personality. And you need a good PR. And Gavin Newsom has that stuff. And while he is... While we left and say, yeah, he's not going to do it. And outside of California, he's not that popular. With that type of mentality, that feistiness that he brings, he's going to be potentially the next Democrat face because he's not afraid to back down and actually and stand up and fight against Republicans. This is at the same time where Barack Obama apparently is coming back out of the woodworks again. How many times does this guy need to continue to come come out of the woodworks and continue to try and brainwash the Democrats and be that face? But he is, and apparently he's giving advice to the young Democrats trying to bring up that next generation of progressives in the country. So now we're going to have a dueling Democrat party between the Barack Obamaites and the Gavin Newsomites, which one could win? Well, I mean, obviously Barack Obama has a lot more pizzazz, but Gavin Newsom could potentially be that up-and-comer on that front. Either way, we know exactly what the enemy could be. And it's going to be one of those two, not saying Barack Obama because he can't run again, but uh, someone that's under his realm that's going to be his puppet like Joe Biden has for the last few years because Joe Biden can no longer do it, so Obama's got to find his next one to pull the strings on. But Newsom, honestly looking more and more like he could be that flavor of the day for the Democrat Party. So, speculatively, even though obviously it's quite early, we're going to have a battle on our hands, and it depends on how we approach this from the Republican side. Ron DeSantis, rightfully so right now because it's so early, saying he's not going to endorse Trump if he gets that nomination. I think that's a stupid question that the media asks a lot of those candidates. We'll do some more of that when we come back. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Moving through the day, it's a pre-Friday celebration. By the way, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, had the honor to fill in for the Todd Starnes show today, hour number three of that program. You can find his podcast, listen to it. Appreciate him giving us the opportunity to do so there. And our announcement of our, even though, so this radio station's on about six stations. 
this radio show here. We have our new nationally syndicated show being announced for Saturday, our launch of the brand new program. Pretty awesome. And you can hear it in numerous different places. You can find the website at HoosierReason.com, find the list of stations so far. And I have not updated it yet because there are more that are coming on board that I have not gotten on there. So more information to come very soon with that. But really excited about all the stuff going on with the Hoosier Media Network and the show with the Voice Reason and all the fun things that we're working on here. Let's shift gears a little bit. Let's get into what's trending for the day. What's trending today? As... We're trying to recover. We're three years out since the launch of the COVID-19 pandemic, the lockdowns, the mandatory mask wearing, the mandatory isolation and social distancing. I never want to hear the term social distancing ever again. I don't want to hear about mandatory vaccines ever again, and especially the demonization of those that questioned. How dare you question these motives? How dare you question these things? And the investigation that's ongoing right now with Congress, especially in the Senate, Senator Roger Marshall from here in the Kansas area where we hail from, uh, looking into Dr. Fauci and the FDA and the NIH and the World Health Organization and all these that really forced an agenda on us with the quote-unquote Great Reset. What does that mean moving forward and where did this all come from and what potentially could be the motive with all this? Because obviously we've now found links to the gain-of-function research that Fauci was funding in the Wuhan lab in China, which means China is up to some no good, whether it was tied with the United States or not. And how do we move forward knowing some of this and what the heck are they actually doing? Excited to have on the program today as he is author of the new book, Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. Excited to have on the program here, Brandon Weikert. Brandon, how are you, my friend? I am excellent, and thank you for having me, and that was a great intro. And just to answer that quick question, I do believe that our government, elements of it, were involved with the Chinese government in the creation of COVID-19. The creation of the entire virus itself. Talk about that and what you've seen with your research on what led you to believe something like that. I know we've seen little breadcrumbs of the ties between the NIH and Dr. Fauci to the Wuhan lab, but outside of that, we don't have a lot of information. Yeah, so uh, as you know, I'm also a consultant for the DOD, the Department of Defense, and I I specialize in geotechnology, so that confluence where high-tech research and development uh, affects the national security of the United States. So one of those areas I've talked about for years is biotechnology. Um, And I was tracking U.S., not just private sector investment, but U.S. government uh, investment or cooperation with the Chinese government in really risky biotech research and development. I was doing that for many years before COVID. So when COVID hit, uh, it became very clear to me that there was something more here. And I ended up, and in the book, I have the exclusive data uh, showing how and why and where and when uh, COVID-19 was created in the lab of Wuhan Institute of Virology, that it was done in partnership with Dr. Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, as well as the National Institute of Health, through a third party called the EcoHealth Alliance. Uh, And they were doing that because they were trying to develop mRNA cures for not just coronaviruses, but in Fauci's case, his big white whale was HIV-AIDS. And I found multiple 2006 um, documents showing how scientists were looking at using mRNA vaccines for curing an assortment of diseases, including notably HIV-AIDS. This was the real purpose. 
uh, that Fauci wanted to fund the gain-of-function tests on coronaviruses because he wanted to be able to see if we can do mRNA cures for coronaviruses, we would then inevitably be able to do it for worse diseases like HIV-AIDS. He and the U.S. government did not realize that they were partnering with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which was built by the French, and the French intelligence agencies warned the French company building that, that place in 2003, if you build it, the Chinese will use that for bioweapons. And that is precisely what was going on. So Fauci hands over all this research and taxpayer money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology thinking, oh, they're just going to create vaccines that'll be better for everybody and I can get rich and famous for helping them do that. Not realizing that that institute was being used as a bioweapons lab and the Chinese launched this bioweapon at the United States in the middle of the trade war that Trump was waging on China that was actually doing a lot of damage to China. So let me get this straight. The personal interests of the American government fund a project that was built by the French government with their personal interests and then a used and taken right. advantage of by the personal interests of the Chinese to take advantage yes. of the entire situation. Yes. So what's the purpose of the mRNA technology and why they create so many vaccines. Obviously, Dr. Robert Malone has been very much against how we're using this vaccine for COVID right now, who designed a lot of the mRNA technology, because he said this isn't the way it was supposed to be used. So after the major push of vaccines in the late 1980s, obviously under Fauci as well with the whole HIV and AIDS issue, where we just start mandating vaccines across the board, and if you don't get them, then you're an evil anti-vaxxer who's dirty and probably going to spread a bunch of diseases and garbage. Was that the mindset moving forward, was just new technology to manipulate people's immune systems with a new version of vac- vaccinations? Yes. Well, as the subtitle of my book states, it's the race to control life. Using a technology that we created called CRISPR-Cas9, it's a gene editing tool, which is what they use to help create mRNA vaccines. The, the mRNA vaccine process is a test bed for basically wider Uh, genetic manipulation that the pharmaceutical industries of the world want to engage in. I have a quote in the book from Stefan Ulrich. He's the president of Bayer's pharmaceutical division. And his quote was that he gave, he didn't realize he was being recorded when he said this to a group of 800 physicians in Berlin. He said uh, the mRNA uh, vaccines that Moderna and Pfizer created are an example of cell and gene therapy. And he said, I always like to say, if we had surveyed in 2019 People in the public, quote, would you be willing to take a gene cell therapy and inject it into your body? We probably would have had a 95% refusal rate, but the crisis of COVID-19 allowed us to overcome that refusal rate. So they used the biological crisis that China forced on us for their own economic and personal gain and to force us to take what were inherently experimental vaccines. Vaccines, by the way, that the Trump administration had indemnified the uh, pharmaceutical companies from being sued from. So if there's any kind of side effect that develops over the next several years from these forced vaccines, those companies cannot be sued by the people being traumatized by the side effects. So that shows you what was going on. And so the mRNA is a test bed. It's a basis that the pharmaceutical companies could then leapfrog and do even riskier uh, uh, research and development into biotechnology. And China, of course, benefited from that as well, not just because they have their own biotech interests, but because they want to use mRNA, they want to use gene editing for both weaponization, they call it specific ethnic genetic attacks, 
against their enemies. And also they want to use mRNA and CRISPR to do gene doping, taking traits, desirable traits of, of other humans, other people, and splicing it into the genes of their military officers, as well as the Han Chinese who they want to be superior, to create the perfect communist man. Yeah. Uh, it sounds dangerously scary and completely sci-fi here. Let's talk about, though, what exactly, when they talk about the gene modification, the biohacking that China's doing, when they're wanting to weaken us, what exactly does that mean? Does that mean creating a weak immune system? Does that mean making yeah. us weaker physically structured? Does that mean having shorter lifespans? What are we talking about here? It could be it could be any of those things. It's basically Beijing Genomics Institute, BGI, is the one that's leading this. They have the world's largest gene bank, which is a database of all the people in the world, their genetic information, uh, and they're soaking up all this data through things like 23andMe and other innocuous-sounding uh, gene edit gene tools. Uh, they put it into this database. They're using artificial intelligence to then sift through all the information, and they're looking for commonalities, common traits in the genetics of groups they don't like or even individuals they want to harm using their genes to create specific diseases or other genetic attacks that would render those individuals or those groups of undesirable people like the Uyghurs in, in Western China, the Muslim Uyghurs, uh, rendering them either dead or very sick to the point that they could not be a threat anymore to China. So this is where this is heading. It's very science fiction sounding, but I can assure you the research in my book is very sound, and I have it all listed at the end. This is where we're headed. It's a dystopian nightmare future unless the U.S. government and our companies are made to stop funding this kind of research. Yeah, well, I know that after World War One, essentially, the Geneva Convention and some of the global laws said that you can't use biological weapons. Even Hitler refused to do so because they realized how bad things were like that. So we're talking about another level of that. Instead of spreading some type of gas around, just biologically manipulating people to where they right. have essentially a superior race, like what Hitler wanted, just kind of in a different manner. Yes. That's a wild thought. Yes, well, it's what they're trying to do. And the problem is, is that we in America don't understand that biotechnology that can be used for creating great cures, possibly, can easily be weaponized in a way that we wouldn't see it coming. I found a white paper in 2015, from 2015, from a group of Chinese military scientists who talked about weaponizing coronaviruses to collapse America's medical and economic systems so that there will be long-term military and political strategic effects beneficial to China. That is precisely what happened in the United States in 2020 when COVID hit us. We got rid of President Trump, who was China's greatest threat, the first president in 50 years to use trade war yeah. as a tool to get better deals from China. So this is what they're talking about doing already. That's great. Brandon, we got to take a hard break. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Absolutely. I'd Fantastic. It's Brandon Weikert. You can find his website, theweikertreport.com.wordpress.com. You can find all his information plus his book. We'll do some more of this when we come back here on a Thursday for The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Holy cow, does the time fly right on by when you're having fun trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that 5-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. 
multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you're checking out the show. We always love you to death. And what a very scary, fascinating conversation as we're having with Brandon Weikert. You can find his website, theweikertreport.wordpress.com. Also his book, that breaks down what's really going on in China right now, biohacked China's race to control life. And, Brennan, as we talk about vaccines for a second, we know that we've seen a bit of a spike. The more I research vaccines, and I'm not a medical professional in any way, shape, or form, so I can't say this with certainty, but listening to experts, we've had Dr. Malone on this program, vaccines in general help protect against whatever specifically you're getting a vaccine for, but it makes your, as far as I'm aware, how I understand it is it makes your immune system more vulnerable to others because it forgets how to build a an immunity against something else naturally, becoming more dependent on that vaccine to try and fight the things for you and telling you, uh, telling the immune system exactly how to function. The mRNA technology takes that to an entirely another level, essentially killing off much parts of your immune system while only protecting you against one particular thing. If we make this the norm in the pharmaceutical industry, as it sounds like Dr. Fauci was trying to do with this gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab, that's a dangerous position for us to be in. Is that correct? That's what they say. And, um, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on the vaccines in the book. It was really focused on China, but that is certainly what Malone and others have said. And there is some data out there to suggest that that is a side effect. Now, I I always tell people I'm not inherently anti-vax, but when it comes to the COVID vaccine, I am extremely skeptical. And I don't believe that people should be forced to take something that is inherently experimental. And it is. Yeah, that is true. Now, looking at China, like you said, let's focus on them for a second. How close are they to actually implementing this? And if they do, how do they affect the bioengineering and the DNA and the biology of us here, let's say, in the United States? How does this work? So they're already doing this in China. They've already they've got it's called BioLake. It's probably the world's most advanced biotechnology research hub. It's in Wuhan. Uh, They're attracting by the day. Uh, American and European Western innovators and investors to come to do research at the bio lake in Wuhan rather than anywhere else. Uh, so they're already in hyperdrive over in China and they're working and they're integrating it. In fact, they used mRNA supposedly in 2016. This is what prompted the Obama administration's moonshot for cancer cure program. Uh, they, they apparently they used mRNA capabilities. They used rather they used CRISPR. Uh, to gene edit out cancer of a woman who had stage four lung cancer, and it worked, and she survived, and she's still living. She was in her 40s. Um, And so that's what prompted the Americans to start trying to do their own. But the problem is for us is that that same technology, as we've seen, will be weaponized and used against the United States, against people that China's government doesn't like. Of course, they have a very long list of people they don't like. So they're already doing it. It's very sophisticated, and the worst part is we are helping in some cases them to do it. Yeah, uh, and just in the last couple of minutes we have here as we kind of wrap up, the sure. big question is, is what is the United States doing to stop this? Are we just trying to do the race and bioengineering to beat them at it, or are we trying to actually stop this? We are not trying to stop this, and we are racing, and we're not racing very well, I would say. But um, in the book I talk about we need to do things like stop the tech transfers, from our tech firms to China, because that's how they're able to hyperdrive into this advanced research. So if we stop the tech transfer by classifying those as bribes under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, 
we can cut that in half. We can slow them down. When we need to get an international consensus together, like we did with the Artemis Accords for the moon, we need to get a bunch of countries, as many as possible, to sign on and say, we want to use biotech to cure people and things, but we don't want to weaponize it. And anybody who tries to weaponize it, we will sanction and we will isolate like we do with countries that develop nuclear weapons illegally. So that's where we need to be headed. But the Americans have to lead, and so far we've not. Mm, that's that's wild. The scary part is I remember here in the Wichita area, Kansas, uh, the state of Kansas, just a couple, I want to say about a year ago, there was a professor, a Chinese professor at one of the universities in Kansas City that got busted for sharing information to the country of China. And yep. I believe he was a biology professor to yep. top it off. So that's uh, yep. pretty fascinating. It's Brandon Weikert, the author of the book Biohack to China's Race to Control Life. You can check it out wherever books are sold on Amazon, other places, also his website, thereikertreport.wordpress.com. Brandon, fascinating information. Let's get you back on and do it again soon, brother. I'd love to. Thank you, sir. Hey, appreciate it very much. Really interesting stuff. All right, we'll break it down tomorrow for a Friday to wrap up the week. Until then, though, be your own voice of reason, be that catalyst for change. Let's stop some of the shenanigans, bring some reason, truth, and common sense back into the realm of conversation. Until then, it's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.